Stay tuned. Broadcasting live worldwide. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now, you're listening to Talkline with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, your host. I'm very excited. We have, I think, a very important broadcast for you this evening. I'm very pleased that Hadassah Lieberman joins us. She comes originally from the Czech, from Czechoslovakia. She is, was, is married to Senator Joe Lieberman. She's a woman of her own right. She's written a fascinating book called An American Story. So Hadassah, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zev. I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. I know you and Joe for so many years and really a real, good and great American couple, and I think a lot of people can learn from you. And you grew up child of Holocaust survivors. What was yes. it like? Because after the war, a lot of survivors didn't want to talk about the experiences. Some did, some didn't. What about your family? My parents, at various times, they didn't talk. At other times, they talked about it a little bit more. But they did not really well into some of the stuff they had experienced as I went on in life and I was exposed to more readings they spoke more and then my father wrote and my mother wrote and I read everything they were writing and I was amazed at the stories that existed in our past how did that shape you did that I know your father was a rabbi your yes. first husband was a rabbi. What? How did the experiences of your family in the Holocaust shape you in your public service? Oh, definitely. It represented so much of the way that I'd been brought up and the lessons that I had learned from some of those stories. And my brother and I, my brother's four years younger than me, and we were always hearing various things. It did shape me. At the same time, I was always encouraged by my parents to proceed ahead, move forward, study, you know, have good jobs, and try to, you know, be a good sport in the society. And I learned that from kindergarten on when we first moved into the United States. We came to, you know, this country from Europe. So, I just uh, knew that this was an important experience that would shape my life. And it was always in the background. I didn't think about it all the time, but I was always aware of the fact that I was my parents' daughter. No, certainly, but you're also in your own right, and you write about the fact that you had... You were strong-willed. I believe your mother was strong-willed, but that's how you get ahead, by having a determination and knowing where you want to go and how you want to get there. Right. Well, you know, we all struggle sometimes with our, our parents learning to deal, you know, with growing up and at the same time listening to people who my parents were disciplinarians in every sense of the word, the old-fashioned European family that really told you what to wear and how to wear your hair, you know, all that stuff. But it was okay. That's how my brother always says to me, oh, 
you're, you know, because he's four years younger, he always said, oh, you're into the being the immigrant and you're into all these, you know, recounting of what had happened during the Shoah. And we're different that way. And yet it has always been something very profoundly part of me. Well, I think you were actually born in Czechoslovakia, and your and your brother was born in America. So, in a sense, yeah. you are the 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 greenhorn, right? The, the immigrant. Right. Well, we were. I'll never forget when my mother was telling me this story. When we first came here as refugees, we moved to Brooklyn for a short period of time. Where Where in Brooklyn that. did you move? To? I don't even know where. I don't know anything about that period of time. I don't know what my dad did. He must have done something to make some money initially getting off the boat. And so I learned to, then we went to New York or in Manhattan and then to Gardner, Massachusetts. But I'll never forget the stories of my coming into Gardner and the Catholic nuns were registering us in Gardner. And when we came in, to sit down with them, my father took me by the hand, we sat down, and my father in Czechoslovakia had registered me as Esther, that's my grandmother's name, and uh, the government, the Czech authorities warned my father that, oh, that's a German name, and my father immediately changed it temporarily to Adasa. <clears throat> so... When he came to the United States, the uh, Catholic nuns who were registering us said, no, Rabbi, don't change it back to Esther. Keep it Hadassah. That's a beautiful name. So that was my first experience, as and which one I didn't remember, but my dad told me later on into this country. So, which is Hadassah and Esther, of course, you know, the same name, but it's a beautiful story yeah. that they told your father to keep your name Hadassah. Yes, and that, and you know, it was something that had not happened. It wasn't a story coming out of Europe at that time. And that's pretty much how we learned the language and learned. I, I used to have to answer the phone for my mother how many times. English was a difficult language for her to learn. And my father used to study language on his tape recorder, trying to learn English better. Because they knew so little. So a lot of that, they had to rely on you to do a lot of the communications. Which is what immigrants' children do. Do, right. That's part of the typical immigrant experience. Your father was a rabbi, an Orthodox rabbi, but I believe had to take a conservative pulpit. Your family kept kosher, observed Shabbos. So tell us about growing up religious, because where you were, it wasn't that religious community and neighborhood. No, there wasn't any, there wasn't anything like a religious community there. There was a shul, but people were not. Shomer Shabbat, and some many people ate. They some of them had kosher homes and did not and ate out of the house and not kosher meals. Um, so it was it was different. You know, we didn't ride to Shul, and everyone else did. They used to park their cars a few blocks away from the synagogue to respect. 
to respect the father. rabbi. Uh-huh. And otherwise, they didn't know anything about that. Yes. So was well, it that was that difficult respectful. for you, being that you were pretty much observant, but other people around you, including a lot of your friends, weren't? Did that make it harder for you? No, not at all. Uh, they learned by coming over to my house, and they understood. We didn't answer the phone. We didn't do things. It was just a very different way of life, but it was different to the Jewish people at that point in time in that location as well. It wasn't difficult. They were respectful, and my parents always stressed that it was important for us to behave accordingly because, you know, we were PR. We were the PR by the way we acted and spoke. So right. that was, you know, the traditional first generation of immigrants. Now, at what point did you meet Joe Lieberman? Oh, well, Joey and I both, you know, had one of those typical experiences, for better or worse, worse in our days, which was I was divorced. And I remember my girlfriend who had gone to Stern College with me, my roommate, and she wanted to fix me up with someone she knew from her synagogue. She didn't know him well, but she, you know, she knew him enough to say, I'd like you to meet this man. He's a nice man. He's a politician, but he's okay. He's good. She was, you know, advising me accordingly. And also your son, Eitan, looks a little like him. So I thought, gee, that's an odd, you know, uh, little way to introduce me to him. But, okay, I went up to see her, and Joe came over to her house and met me quickly and said, oh, well, why don't you, would you like to go out with me tonight after Shabbat? So I said, okay. And then he told me he was going out campaigning. He was running for attorney general and he wasn't going to be done campaigning till about 11 o'clock at night, but perhaps I could, you know, go out with him at that point in time. So I laughed and I said, well, if we're going to this event at this house in Connecticut, what should I, who am I? What should I tell them? Who, you know, I just met you. He said, just tell them you're my driver. No problem. <laughs> so, I thought, oh, my God, this is an interesting guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what can you do? But it was, and we sort of started falling in love then. You know, one of those things. And then he went on to, um, he stayed, he sat at my girlfriend's house with me and talked to me till very late. And then he said, okay, I got to leave. I have to go to Hartford for my campaign stops and things. So I said, okay, you know, bye-bye. And um, then we just started dating, and we had all this stuff that if you're divorced and you have children, you know, you have to work it out and meet each other's families. It's like the the Brady Bunch. You had to to have a blended family. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm sure that presented its challenges as well. Oh, that was probably, that's the hardest bonding experience I've ever had but it's my best experience 
and difficult challenge that I met. And we were able to bond our three, his two children and my one together to be a very close-knit family. So thank God for that. I'm appreciative of that. We're speaking with Hadassah Lieberman. She's written a fascinating book called Hadassah about her life experience. She could have been the first lady in the White House. We'll talk about that among the things we will cover when we come back. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Talk line radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. We are back. Hadassah Lieberman is our guest. Her fascinating book is called Hadassah, an American Story. Now, at one point, your I don't know if you're aware of when your husband's running for office. I think it was in the 1980s, maybe early 1990s. I think it was the 1980s. So I said to him when he was running for office, I said, one day you're going to become president of the United States of America. He said, you and my mother. But as, as, yeah. at that one point, he actually was the vice presidential running mate of Al Gore. As you look back in that time, do you believe that the election was stolen because they say that really Al Gore and your husband should have been president and vice president, respectively? You know, Zeb, it's hard to come up with subsequent conclusions, whether they're accurate or not. It was such a close race. They came out ahead at the end. It was crazy. And until we, I'll never forget that fall when he did not know and remember the Supreme Court was making its decision. And I'll never forget the Friday that all of a sudden we're waiting to hear this decision. And Al Gore had called my husband to just talk to him before Shabbat. And then he hung up. And he called back and said, why don't you come over to our house? And it was going to be Shabbat. So I got a bag and I put my candlesticks and my, you know, sidur, every and food that we were having for Shabbat with paper plates. And we went there. And it was an amazing thing because we were sitting there with the gores and, um, and I think one staff person. And we sat there and discussed and talked about, described Shabbat and all that kind of thing, and then walked back to where we lived in Georgetown. And, you know, it was those experiences that sort of put you in a position where you're combining a lot of things simultaneously. And the race was close. And then, of course, then the Supreme Court made a decision that it was going to go ahead and let 
Bush win the election. And it was one of those times that never, we, we thought we were going to win and we had the votes and that's the way it is in life. But it was quiet and I will never forget when we went to the inauguration, we walked to the Capitol and we were, Joe was invited to a reception at the Democratic leader's place that he was having it in his office. And at that point in time, he bumped into President Bush, who was going through the same vicinity. And he had not met, they had not met each other. And President Bush said, oh, I'm glad to meet you. You really made it a competitive battle. And Joe looked at him and said, I'll be there. I'll help you when you need me. And that happened along the wow. way. That's very nice. So it was just a different time. I you think there was a lot together. more civility then than there is today. That's for sure. Yes. And, and you know what? You can't make politics in a democracy work well if you don't get along with each other, if you can't compromise if you can't sit down, people today don't want to sit down at the same table unless people agree with them 100%. I mean, that's crazy. So that's where we're at, though. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Your question for Hadassah Lieberman. Go ahead, Stan. Pleasure to talk to you, Mrs. Lieberman. Pleasure to talk oh, to you. Thank you. Uh, two, two questions. Uh, of course, that was mentioning the, the run with uh, Al Gore. What yes. we don't know is, and I'm having a background noise. As Go ahead. Okay. Uh, what we don't know is, maybe you can tell us if it did happen, obviously the Jewish candidate for vice president. Were there tremendous amounts of threats or anti-Semitism that we did not know about at that time that you can tell us about? Was Nothing secret? whatsoever. Nothing. We. That was what was amazing. And I can't tell you how there were, there was always someone asking that question. And for the most part, I hate to say it, but it was more of those who were from a Jewish background who were concerned for good reason with our history and our circumstances. But really, there was nothing. As a matter of fact, an example I'll share with you for a moment is when we were campaigning in the Midwest and there we were, people were just coming, shaking hands, and I was alone for that campaign stop. You know, I did my own in behalf of Joe. And at that point, and he was in another state, at that point, someone came up to me and said, we really like your husband. He's a religious man. He's our kind of guy. And it was amazing because I could not tell you if she was voting Democrat or Republican, I could just quote those words. And that happened all over the place in this country. We bonded with the people. It was really quite thrilling. There were no threats of any kind at all during that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Fantastic. That's now, I, can't, I, can't, I can't speak for today, but of I course. can speak for 2000. Let me ask you about... Let me ask you about John McCain, who your husband was a great yes. friend of. Did yes. John McCain consider 
your husband for the vice presidential spot at all? Had he talked to him, would you think about, to really do between two parties? Did that, that ever conversation ever come that you know about, or didn't John McCain talk to him about it at all? I know they were great friends. Well, if there is a new book out, <laughs> Cindy McCain, and she, I just, you know, looked at it today. She talks about how that's what her husband wanted. He wanted Joe Lieberman as his vice president. And the Republican leadership talked him out of it. They thought that would be a very bad idea, you know, just because of the Democrat, Republican stuff. But he thought it would be, and he regretted it later. You have to read it in her book when it comes out. And, you know, this, he was a good, he was a close friend to Joe. There is no doubt. That's uh, did, true. Did uh, your husband, I mean, did the, uh, Mr. Lieberman ever consider changing his party to an independent or becoming a Republican? Because he is more conservative. Did it ever enter your husband's mind at all to do that? Well, did he well, run he, as an independent he, he, at one point, didn't he? Yeah, he was. He was a Democratic primary, yeah. so he ran as an independent and won as an independent in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, that's how he won. He was an independent, but he's he's he, then he went back to being a Democrat. So you know, Joe Joe's a funny guy. He plays the game on his terms. In other words, you might think, "Oh, why don't you do that?" He does what he believes in. He's a he's. He is who you see. He's honest, and he's not afraid. He says and does what he thinks is right. That's why he and John get along so well. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Before we break, though, you mentioned about anti. There wasn't an anti-Semitism on the campaign trail. However, yeah. I remember reading and maybe quoting some sociologists and political analysts who said the reason why the Gore-Liebman ticket didn't want a single southern state, including Al Gore's home state of Tennessee, was because of anti-Semitism in the South, where they couldn't pull a lever to have a Jew on the ballot of vice president. I never heard that. I've heard I that. I will ask. I've never heard that. I'll ask my husband. I don't think he's ever heard. We've never discussed that. And the theory being that when you're running, you at least win your, win your home state. He didn't even win his home state of Tennessee. No, but that was for that was he didn't go there enough to. There was a whole mess up there, with I you know I don't I can't talk about that. But it it wasn't because of anti-Semitism. I'm just saying that what I read at the clear. time. Some political analysts who said that again, yeah. it's a theory. I'm just reporting what. No, I understand, but you know I have not heard that before, and I don't know who the person is who came up with that theory but hopefully you know he got it somewhere our guest again it's something to think about because there is anti-semitism here in the well country. today there is there always today, has been anti-semitism i think it may have been easier to elect a jewish president or vice president 10 or 15 years ago than today i'm not so sure today we can do it I'm not well, so I sure. don't. I don't disagree with you. I think that, unfortunately, that may be true. It's a different time. People, as I said, don't sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. You don't agree with them a hundred percent. Never mind, you know, elect some. I have no idea. 
Our guest, Hadassah Lieberman, have a fascinating book. It's called Hadassah, An American Story. Our final stretch with Hadassah Lieberman, author Hadassah, An American Story. Hadassah, do you miss being on the elected official with all the functions? Do you miss that lifestyle? You know, I, I don't think we miss it. Um, every now and then you say to yourself, oh, my goodness, you know, I think sometimes... I wish Joe were there to help pull things together. But the truth is, our time constraints are better, even though we're quite busy still. But it's not the constant Senate votes. And, you know, I could never make an appointment with him and his colleagues during the week because there was always sudden votes, you know, every night. So, no, I feel good. We're lucky. We're very lucky people because we love each other, and we're very blessed with children and grandchildren. No, thank God. You're a wonderful, wonderful family. I know both you and Joe for many years, and I yes. can attest to that. We're almost out of time. I was, I was just curious. You know what happened because when you were when you were involved in politics, and your husband was a senator. It seemed like a different time. People got along with you. What happened to our system where Democrats, Republicans are each other's throats? There's such hatred and rancor in our country from right to left. Where did we go wrong? What's going on, Hadassah? You know what? They're all misunderstanding how you run democracy, how it requires constant compromise. And you have to listen. People don't listen to each other. And that's true politically, that's true religiously. It's too many opposites all the time. And that's not how we can run together, tikkun olam, and really pull the world together in a stronger way. We need to help each other. I agree with you. I recommend your book. It's called Hadassah, American Story. Um, if it's made into a movie, who do you want? Which actress do you want to portray Hadassah Lieberman? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just you know, forget it. Who, anyway, it probably isn't going to happen. But look, you know what? Really, thank God, when I found my mother's diary from Auschwitz and Dachau, and it was translated, it was in Czech, and it was translated by a woman at the Holocaust Museum. And she, my mother, ended up the last pages, the last sentences. She said, I couldn't write any more. And I depend on my children to write more. When I found that and had that translated, it went right into my heart. And I said to myself, oh, dear God, I'm going to have to write something. And so I wrote it for those reasons. And I wanted to tell a story of coming from a dark place. From my parents, my father in slave labor camp, my mother in Auschwitz and Dachau, and coming out to light and to have a brightened light. And so I was important. Blessed. We're out of time. So uh, yes. hold on. I want to we'll talk to you. In regards to Joe, I recommend thank the book. We we'll look forward to having you back, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zeb. Appreciate it. If you missed any of our past show, go to jewishpodcast.org. Go to talklightnetwork.com. We look forward to speaking with you. We're 24 hours a day online. Thanks for listening. I'm Jackie Mason. And you're probably saying to yourself, how did he wind up here? He's got no place to go. I thought he was a star. I was a star till I got this job. You know what my job here is? My job here is to talk about Zeb Brenner. Now you're saying to yourself, you got nothing better to talk about than this? The truth is 
I do. But then Brennan said to me, I'm on television. People are watching me. But everybody knows that people are, they are excited about me. They know that I have a great show. They know everybody loves me. But nobody cares to advertise on it because they don't know that people are watching it. Who's going to tell them? Somebody has to help out. The United Jewish Appeal is an important cause, but it's nothing compared to this because the United Jewish Appeal makes a fortune. That better can't make a living. You know why? Nobody advertises. You know why they don't? Because they don't know people are watching. I'm watching the show, but I found out I'm the only one. Why am I the only one watching? Because nobody advertises. Why don't you advertise? Help this man out. He can't make a living. For free information about advertising on TalkLine's television programs, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. This concludes Talkline's Jewish broadcasts on radio for tonight. For continuous Jewish programs, please go now to talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com.